Welcome to the Wake Up Call podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Hopkins. By day I work in corporate, but I have an obsession with all things personal development. So I became a life coach and started this podcast as a way to help others break free from living a life that's good on the outside and wake up to the one they actually want. When I got to my most uncertain place, all I wanted was someone to say, hey Alicia, you're a little off course and this is what you need to do. That's what I wanna be for you. This podcast is a place where I want to share my experiences and provide you with community, knowledge, and inspiration to make change in your life. Sometimes we get a little lost and need help course correcting. If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Let this be your wake up call. Now let's get started. Hey guys, you are about to listen to a really great chat with my friend Sarah Boss and I. And Sarah has such an amazing story to share. And the overall thing that I love the most about Sarah is this mentality that she has that you never have to accept feeling stuck. You have a choice. You have a choice to create a life that is true to you. You know, she, I relate to her story so much and kind of following this path that looks really good on the outside. And, you know, you get all this validation from people in your life saying, you know, wow, that's, that's so great. It's impressive. You know, it looks all bright and shiny. Then all the while you're kind of having these intuitive tugs internally that are telling you otherwise. So if you're someone that you've found yourself kind of buying into the narrative of, hey, everybody else, you know, their life looks like this, or everybody else is telling me that this, this looks really good, so it must be okay. You know, if you find yourself ignoring those gut responses in you, trying to tell you, hey, you know, I think there's something more for you, but you kind of push it away. You know, if you're that person that you just outright feel stuck and you know, you don't know where to go, I think you're really going to learn a lot from this episode. And overall, you know, I think you're going to walk away with knowing just taking small steps in the direction of something that feels good, that in and of itself is you not choosing to remain stuck. You never have to accept what is your current reality as your forever. So guys, I think you're really going to like this one. Thanks for joining me today. Can't wait to hear what you think about this episode. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Wake Up Call podcast with Alicia. This is your host, Alicia Hopkins, and I am so excited to be joined with my friend, Sarah Boss. Sarah, do you want to say hi to everyone? Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. This is so cool. Yay. Sarah and I are newer friends. We actually met, we have some mutual, you know, business contacts, and then we also have the same podcast producer. So we're part of the novice studio Charlotte family. So yeah, uh, I'm so looking forward to this conversation. And the reason I wanted to kind of dig in a little deeper with Sarah is she's got an incredible story. You know, she is her own, she owns her own company. She's an entrepreneur, but it always wasn't that way. And the thing that I find so interesting is, um, she, her podcast is called what else? And I listened to her most recent, well, at the time of this recording, it was her most recent episode 29. And wow, I equate it to like a soul experience when I listened to Sarah share her story. So I felt like this was the perfect place we had to dig into And the thing that I found so powerful was she speaks about various times in your life. You hear that kind of like, that's just the way life is. That's just the way it is. And Sarah's like, no, it doesn't have to just be that way. Like you have choice in the manner. So I'm hoping Sarah, could you tell us a little bit more? Like we know where you're at now, but 
unpack a little bit of how you've gotten to, you know, where you are, because you didn't start out in business. You had quite a different journey. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. Um, I'd be happy to, um, well, first let me like introduce myself kind of officially. My full name is Sarah boss. I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I'm 23. I do think that's important to note, um, because it used to be, uh, kind of almost like a fear of mine to say like how young I was, especially when I started my business. Um, and now I'm like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to own it because uh, there's going to no other way to do it. And I'm, I'm proud of where I am considering my age. So, uh, but yes, I was not always in business at all. I studied chemistry in college. And then before that I was in a medical program in high school. My family is all STEM oriented, science, technology, engineering, math, um, like all of that. And that's kind of all I ever knew. And that's how I knew to be successful. Um, I think that probably a lot of people listening to this podcast are considered like high achievers Mm -hmm. and high achievers want to be successful. So in my head, I'd always learned, okay, if you wanted to be successful, you needed to do something in science, math, engineering, technology, something like that. Um, That was what it looked like to be impressive. So that's what I did. I did, you know, the right classes in high school and then I went to college and right before college, actually, I pivoted, um, like, and when I say right before college, I'm talking like June, like I was literally about to go. (laughs) And, um, my, I was like, you know what parents, um, I'm really at that time, I'm really into makeup. Like I love makeup and I think I want to do business. I think I want to study business or something in that sort. Um, and they were like, Hmm, interesting. Okay. Love that. Love, you know, your curiosity. Um, but let's not, uh, let's stick with chemistry. And I totally, you know, I totally understand where they were coming from. Totally understand where they were coming from. It was absolutely a very, uh, quick pivot. I was based in makeup, which I did work in makeup for all four years of, um, I worked for Estee Lauder all of college, but it was really like kind of out of the blue. And they told me, which I still understand you can do business with a chemistry degree, but you can't do chemistry with a business degree. So -hmm. if you get out of college and you regret that decision, you know, then you're kind of stuck. I was like, okay, like that's fair. So I kind of logical advice, right? Like I get parental standpoint saying like, and right. And I think that happens to us so often as like someone that's you know, been down a path or older, whatever, anyone that like, they give you this advice and it's almost sometimes, you know, and I shouldn't presume this from your parents. I I should speak from my experiences. Like, I I think sometimes that advice is given from that person's hardship or struggle that they're like, oh, if I would have known this, it would have saved me from, I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, and I'm not saying your experience, but I think people, the intention is good. It's like, they're looking at the whole field and they're like, oh, you will, you will have a good life if you stay in these nice, safe paths, you know? Oh yeah. And well, of course, you know, that I, I definitely agree. And it definitely, you know, it came full circle later. Like when I saw where I would go and my parents saw where I would go. So I'll talk about that in a bit, kind of how obviously that manifested, yeah. but, um, so that's what I did. I went through college. Um, I had, I actually had a full ride. So I think that's also part of what kind of fueled me. I was like, okay, it's free. Like at least, you know, if, even if I don't want to do it, like I'm not paying for it which was so dumb. Mm-hmm. There was so many things I look back and I'm like, Oh God, Sarah. But I went through it. I was top of my class for chemistry. Um, we only had two people in the chemistry uh, department by the time that we ended because I mean, we were a really small college. So yeah. 
And every time that I told somebody, um, you know, they'd say, oh, what are you studying in college? Or my grandparents would, you know, be talking to their friends or my parents, their friends. And they're like, what is Sarah doing? They're like, oh, she's studying chemistry. And everyone would be like, wow, that's so cool. Wow. You can do that. Wow. You must be so smart. And hearing that I was like, oh, great. Okay. If everybody's saying like, wow, you're so great. Wow. This is so awesome. I must be doing something great and awesome. Like I must be on the right path. Right. Um, and I absolutely like fed off of that kind of praise. Absolutely. And so when it came to graduation, uh, the struggle really started to come like surface where I was like, I know I don't want to do this. I know I don't want to do this, but I applied for a ton of jobs and coincidentally, nobody wants to hire a chemist for a marketing job. Which was <laughs> what I was applying for. It was so weird. Um, and so I, it got to the point where I had no other choice or I thought I had no other choice. Let's say I thought I had to get across the stage with a big girl job um, and do the impressive, awesome, cool thing to make sure yep. that everybody could see what I could do. So applied for a job at a pharmaceutical company, got the job um, as a research and development chemist. And wow. I felt really uneasy about that, but salary was really good. Um, it, I was able to afford a really nice apartment. And once again, when anybody asked what I was doing after college, I said, I'm going to be a research and development chemist. And they were like, wow, that's so cool. You must be so smart. And I was like, okay, if other people are saying that this is good, then there's just some, you know, I just must be uneasy or, you know, this is just a lot of change. Maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe, you know, but this, this is the right thing to do. Right. Cause it's like, so I think that's, that right there is like, there's so many parallels to the things we do in life. It's like, oh, well, everyone else is like, everyone else is impressed by this or they think it sounds so cool. So it's like, we fool ourselves and say like, oh, well it, it must be. And it's interesting because you even said you felt uneasy when accepting the job. Oh, 100%. Like my, yeah. my gut at, at this point, you know, I think that's the first time that I really heard my gut. Mm. Um, and I, I, I think it's frustrating when you're, especially when you're young, everybody's like, trust your gut. And it's like, you don't even have practice trusting your gut. Yeah. I think that's a skill. It's a skill to know what is a gut feeling and then what is just a little bit of fear and discomfort. And at that point I didn't know. And so, but my gut was telling me like, Hey, this isn't right. But then everything around me and, uh, I like, this voice inside me was saying, no, Sarah, you have to be successful. You have to walk across that stage with a job and a nice job. And if you don't, then this was all worth nothing and you didn't do anything. And everybody's going to look at you and think what happened because you were the golden child. And when I, okay. Oh yeah. Let me, let me put this as well, just to show the pressure that I put on myself. I always wanted to be the good girl and the, the successful girl and the good kid. And, um, and I was even that to my college, it's a small campus. So it's, I, I always say it's easy to be a big fish in a small pond. Um, but I, I have a doll created in my image at this school. It's a tradition of theirs. And one student gets picked out of the senior class. So it wasn't just my parents, it wasn't just like, it was everyone, you know, I, I wanted to, my school saw me as like a successful person. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I have to be successful. Like everybody expects that of me. So I have to walk across that stage with the perfect narrative, Absolutely. you know, no confusion. It has to be clear. And I have to be able to answer the question, what are you doing after graduation? So I made sure I had an answer, whether it made me feel good or not. <laughs> Well, but it's interesting is, and, you know, 
I want to acknowledge, right. Even when you started this interview, you're like, I'm, I'm owning my age. Cause I, I get that I've been there and people are like, Oh, you're young. And anyone listening, like more so, I just wanted to say this to you is like, none of what you're saying, I think is age related. Like I think of, there were so many times that I did things because someone else was impressed by it. You talk about, you know, not knowing uh, what your gut says or your intuition. Anxiety kept me from my gut, my intuition. I mean, for years, I legitimately didn't, I didn't know how to tune into it. So it's like all these things that you're talking about, I think are these weird things that we just put on ourselves. And, you know, and right, I'm going to say it like we're both women. So I'll say maybe yeah. it's the narrative women place on themselves. I'm sure men have other things too, but I think the, the woman that's a type a high achiever, you know, wants to make sure they're all the things they're, you know, put together, they're smart, they're intelligent, they're the baller job. Like we put all this like bullshit pressure on ourselves. And it sounds like you, you had that too. Oh yeah. Too. In every aspect of my life. Um, and that came out in so many different ways and with the gut, something I heard uh, just this week and I thought was really, really good. It was about, uh, gut versus like an anxiety feeling. Like, how do you know when you're, when you're listening to your gut or you actually should fear? And it was talking about like when, like when you're anxious, um, and how to get rid of fear and how do you know when it's something you should listen to versus something you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And they were saying a gut feeling is in a place of knowing it's in a place almost like looking back. It's knowing where you need to be and where you are. And anxiety and a fear is coming from a place of what if it's a, what if it's looking into the future and wondering and having that, what if question. So if what you're saying, you know, internally, if you really listen and you're saying, what if this, what if that, like, what if this happens, what if that happens, that happens, that comes from a place of anxiety. And I had that for sure. I was like, what if this doesn't work out? What if I hate it? What if all these things, but then I also had a gut feeling that said, Hey, Sarah, this is not it. Knowing right now, this is not it. And I listened to the anxiety saying, wow. what, if, what if people don't think that I'm successful? What if I move back home? Because apparently I thought that that was the end of the world. What <laughs> if everybody looks at me and I failed? Mm-hmm. And I listened to that part and it didn't work out in my favor. <laughs> So tell us, so you, you take this job that is impressive and right. I'm sure there's even a part where it it feels good to say you've got this crazy good job. So you take the job and what happens from there? So, yes, I take the job and I, I mean, I was good at it because I didn't know what else to be, you know, you go and I still was going to give it my best. And so, um, you know, I moved up and I learned a lot and I, and so I think it was a very slow process. Um, it's not, I had a moment, you know, where, and I'll talk about that, where everything kind of broke, but it was a very slow, like decrease in my happiness, in my self. And I didn't, I didn't see it, um, but there were definitely signs. And so And I kept feeling uneasy and like, oh, I just, why am I not happy? Like what's wrong? You know, I feel really odd and this just doesn't feel right. And um, I don't, I can't figure out why I keep coming home after work and I feel so unhappy. I could not put my finger on it. So I got really invested in personal development um, and I had been before then. And so I was like, okay, no worries. Like, 
we are a baller. It's just, we aren't spending enough time on our personal development. So we need to have the perfect morning routine. We need to have the perfect life. And if you're doing all the right things, like happiness will come. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Like we totally got this. So my, um, my apartment complex in this beautiful apartment complex that was way too expensive had a Peloton in their gym. And so I started a 5 a.m. morning routine and I would wake up at 5 a.m. I had a very healthy breakfast. I got on the Peloton. I did weights. I worked out really hard, mm-hmm. really hard. And this was the first time because through, through college, we all live on campus. It was a really, really small campus. And so everybody lives on campus. So you're you're on the school like cafeteria dining thing for yeah. all four years. So this was the first time that I was like buying my own groceries and like had complete uh, control over my meals as well. And so I was really Mm -hmm. controlling what I ate and then exercising a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Looking back, I'm like, hmm, nobody else saw an issue there, but whatever. Um, And I would take these really intense, really intense um, bike, like cycling classes. And Mm -hmm. there was one morning and and, and, because I knew that if, if I exercise, exercise means endorphins. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, okay, I have to exercise or else I won't get my endorphins up and my energy up and that way, and then I'll go to work being unhappy. And it was kind of, I knew work drained me. I knew by the end of the day, I would be unhappy. So I thought if I could start from like a higher place, then it wouldn't feel as bad. Um, But if I went being upset and in a bad attitude that it would feel worse. So I was like, okay. So I was literally trying to bike my way to recharge and be happy so that I could get into a place, into the place that made me unhappy and fight it. I don't, I have no idea what was going through my head, but one morning it was really early. It's dark outside. Thank God nobody was in the gym. And I was taking a hit, um, cycling class with Robin Arzon, who is the toughest teacher at Peloton. <laughs> He's hard. He- Yes, it's hard. And with HIT, if you've never taken a HIT class, it's like you push really hard and then you rest and then you push really hard and you rest. So we would cycle as hard as we could for like 30 to 45 seconds. And then we'd rest for like 30, like 20, 30 seconds. And you do it again and again and again. And you're trying to raise your heart rate and then make it drop very fast, raise your heart rate, make it drop very fast. That's the whole point of the exercise. Yeah. And so for somebody, and at this point, I did not realize I had anxiety. I didn't understand that. Um, but to put, you know, myself through that, that type of strain, I literally pushed myself to the point where the very last one, like she counted out, okay, we got four more, three more, two more very last stretch in my, I'm like pushing, 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 going, 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 I'm cycling so hard. And she goes, all right, guys, stop. And as soon as I stopped, I could feel it. It was like snap, like something broke and I burst into tears, just uncontrollable bawling. And I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I just did a workout. I just did what I was supposed to do. I'm reading a book when I wake up in the morning to how to improve yourself. I'm getting on a bike. I'm Peloton. I'm weights. It's early in the morning. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. What's wrong with me? Why am I so unhappy? And I couldn't pinpoint it. And, um, and that just kept going where I, I started uh, breaking more. Uh, I'd cry a lot more. And I was really frustrated that I couldn't put, put my finger on what was wrong until one night, you know, I was, I was alone in my apartment because I was the only one that lived there alone, uh, watching like Yaya Sisterhood. Do you know that movie? I, I, re- I remember that movie. Yep. 
I have no idea why I was watching that. And if you watch that movie, there's nothing to like trigger anything. <laughs> like it's definitely not like necessarily sad or anything. And in a random scene, I I remember I felt my heart rate going up and mm-hmm. I was I was laying in bed. And so I was like, that's really weird. Like I feel I feel my face getting high. I could feel my heart rate going up. So I paused the movie and like kind of stopped for a second. I was like, so what's happening? Like I feel like it, it almost felt like I was had run a marathon and I hadn't yeah. gone anywhere. And then I started breathing really heavy and I started crying, uncontrollably crying. And I was like, my heart's coming out of my chest. I can't breathe. I can't stop crying. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. It was it was bizarre. I I could not understand what was happening to me. So I called my mom and uh, my mom's a teacher and she has a lot of students have, who have struggled with anxiety. So she was able to say, she, she said, Sarah, you're having a panic a panic attack. You need to call Emily and have her come over and I'm going to call dad and Joseph and all the people. Yeah. My best friend, Emily, she had dealt with anxiety and has dealt with anxiety for years. And Mm -hmm. I saw what she went through. I've seen her go through panic attacks. And I, I I was like, that's that, that's not me. I'm never going to say that I suffer from that same thing and, and pretend that I understand what it's like. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I didn't believe it, but I was like, okay, whatever's happening to me, Emily's going to know what to do. So I called her over and she came and, and she was, you know, telling me to do all these things to help me calm down. My dad drove up from Charleston, Joseph drove up from Charleston. Everybody's coming to Columbia because Sarah's like having a meltdown. And after that, I I had been telling, you know, mom knew that I was struggling and she was like, no, it's okay, Sarah. Um, like this is, you'll figure it out. Like, you know, you're got a new job and, and I get it, but you'll be fine. And this is what, how it is. And you've, you know, you've got a really nice job. You go to work. It's okay. Like, this is what life is. This is normal. You're doing just fine. You're fine. You're fine. And I kept saying, mom, I think I need to quit. Mom, I think I need to just come back home. Like, I, but I still wanted her permission to do that. I needed her yeah. approval um, at that point to, to make that decision. Um, Cause I still didn't know if I was making the right decision. So I needed somebody mm-hmm. else's validation. And she, that was the point she was like, okay, we need to get you home. So after that, um, we went to work with getting my apartment into somebody else's hands. So we didn't have to pay to break the lease and I quit my job and I went back home. No plan. Um, still, still struggling, still crying a lot. Didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but my logic was that, Hey, um, I'm at bottom or what I felt like was bottom. Um, and if I'm going to start over and figure out what I want to do with my life, why don't I do it at 22 instead of waiting until I'm now however many years into this job and have completely lost myself? Because at this point I was like, I'm gone. Like it's going to take me a long time to recover. And so I might as well start early. So that's what I did. I I moved back home and I was like, okay, we're at square one. What are we going to do? I mean, so much I could unpack from this. Like, first of all, thank you for sharing. And it's interesting is because- I relate to your story so much because while on different timelines, you ultimately tuned into something much sooner than I did. Like I actually not admire, cause I don't want anyone to ever go through a challenging situation, but you accept, you ultimately ended up listening to that gut intuition and heated, right? What was, and mind you, right. It was your wake up call moment was the panic attack, right? Yeah. And that's like when things broke, but you know, two things when you were talking that I thought about you were, you said that, right. When you have the job and you're, you're, you're just going with it. And you mentioned it was kind of like a gradual decline, like little small 
moments where like your unhappiness was building. So, but it's interesting. And I think that that's, I think so many of us do that. And that's why when all of a sudden we hit the rock bottom, we feel like we're so surprised, but the reality is when that decline is so gradual, you don't see it in the moment, right? It's like the same theory of like my friends that have kids, I don't see their kids every time. So when I see them, I'm like, oh, they're so old, but the parent is used to seeing their kid every day. So they're like, really? They look the same to me. And I think it's like a parallel with when we're, we're out of alignment and we don't, we just kind of accept things as they are and let it go and we dismiss or we make excuses. And another thing is we either distract away or overcompensate. And I think I relate to this so much when you talk about like how you poured into the exercise, like that was something, you know, I have some other things, some questions I want to ask you about that, but like, it almost sounds like that became the thing that you got, whether it was like a validation out of like a control sort of piece of it, or like, I know for me, when I poured into exercise, so heavy when I was the most unhappy, it kind of represented a time that I felt like, this sounds so weird, but like it was the time that like I forced my body so I could just feel something, like yep. feel something other than like, other yeah, than I felt strong. Home. Yeah. It was the first time I could feel strong. And it was the, a thing that I, um, I could control, you know, I, um, I know it's, it's hard to ad admit because I've never really admitted it, but, um, I know talking about it, like I can realize, like I was trying to control my body because that was the one thing I could hold on to. And I remember looking in the mirror and being very proud of my body. I was, I was muscular. I, um, you know, I, I fit some sort of whatever understanding that I thought was good. And I was like, at least, you know, my, my body's where yeah. I want it to be. And, and I would lift weights and I felt strong and I could do the Peloton and, and at work, I was known as the exercise, the healthy, the health junkie, like she's got it all together. I had, um, like I, I dressed nice. I looked nice. I, I did everything that I could and people at work were like, oh yeah, she's, you know, she's got it all together. Like she's super fun. She's super happy. She's, she exercises all the time and she wears cute clothes. And I was like, perfect. Like that's the formula for a happy life. So we're fine. Right. But we're, but right. We're conditioned to think of whether it's what we look at in social media or like the praise that you get for those things, like, right. And it's, we start looking to these external solutions for the internal problem that like we, we fake we fool ourselves into thinking like, I must be okay on the inside if my outside is okay. Yep. And it's, it's not, it's, no. it's, it's false. Right. Yeah. 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 And the, you, you don't recognize it. It almost feels like, like that slow decline. It almost feels like you're on like a, one, what are those? It's, it's like the treadmill, but it's they, like an assembly line, like those things that you're just like riding on it. And you're just like sitting there and you're like, this is the, the way that this thing is telling me to go. So I must be it must be right. Even if this just doesn't feel right, even if, and you, you're just continue to tell yourself like, it's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll do this. I'll do this. And, and I was, I was super flighty. Um, every, every week I had a different idea. I uh, wanted to start painting. I wanted to start a clothing boutique. I literally got an L like I got an LLC, started making business plans for this 
clothing boutique because I, I, and I realized I was doing that because I was trying to grab onto something that was Mm -hmm. like, I could look forward to that. I could work towards that would make me happy. And I would just keep switching it like every week of something different because I couldn't nothing, you know, I, I couldn't grab it. I couldn't grab my own purpose and my own happiness. So I just tried to manifest it in some other ways by saying, okay, I can do all these other activities and, and that's my purpose. That's what I'm supposed to do with my life. And none of it none of it worked because I was in the wrong place. I wasn't anywhere totally. where I needed to be. Well, until I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. I was going to say until I hit myself with a bat and I yeah. literally took myself off of that, um, you know, assembly line and, and moved back home. And I, that's not like, now I can see, okay, that was the turning point. Um, the panic attack was the turning point. And, and, um, that was the first time I really stepped off and did my own thing. And, I'm very proud of myself for that, but I wasn't going back home. Didn't make me happy. Like that didn't fix anything. I was still the broken person, um, that had, had come out of those last couple months. And so it took, I'm, I will never say like, okay, I moved by home and everything was fine. No, it took months after that of a lot of work to put That's my- what I want to know about is like, yeah. so you have the, you, everything falls apart. And I think this like talking about the ride where you just like break down was like such a metaphor of just like a, a representation of like all the pieces were, were now just like crumbling. Right. Yeah. And so your rock bottom, your home. So what, where did you go from there? Like, how did yeah. you start finding the ways to put that foundation back together? Yeah. So, um, when I went back home, I, I gave myself a couple weeks to, um, what I was thinking of like weeks of silence, week, weeks of trying to figure out who I was, um, and I, and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and at that point I was, it was in terms of like a career, I was like, Hey, what do I want to do? And I had an interest in marketing. So I was, you know, doing the LinkedIn thing and I started reading books and I started reading business books. Cause it's what interested me. And I was like, oh, I can't go back to school. Like, I'm not going to go back to school. I've wasted all these years. Like, this is terrible. What am I going to do? And I, I was reading books and I thought, okay, you know what? These people went through this journey and then wrote this book. And this book is literally the key to everything that they learned. You know, they wrote this book after 10 years of experience. So basically if I read this book, I get that 10 years of experience. So if I read enough books, I'll understand where I want to go and who I want to be. So that's what I did. I read so many books and in my head, I could make a staircase of books to climb out of this hole that I was at. I was like, even if I don't understand what I was reading, I'm, I was like, I'm going to have some sort of subconscious thing happen. So I will be bringing in so much information that it, it will come out at some point. And so that's what I was like, I don't know what else to do. So I, I read other people's journeys in hopes that I could walk them. And then I'm like, okay, I've walked this one. So I know what they learned. I have that lesson. Great check next person. And I just kept trying to read my way out of this misery that I was in. And to an extent it worked. Um, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, okay, now I've got a lot of knowledge from those books now that have really helped with the business. Um, but back then I, I, while I was reading the books, I got a, do- a job at TJ Maxx. Um, cause I was like, I need to make money and then, you know, whatever. So I just took the next thing that kind of came up from a friend. Um, and because I still didn't know what I wanted to do, I was still listening to what other people told me I should do. And they were like, you know what? You're really good at this. Go figure. 
and you should go into management. And I was like, okay, like, sure. I'll train for management. Like I'm going to manage a TJ Maxx store. I knew that's not what I wanted to do. I knew it so wholeheartedly, but I was so desperate for a goal. I was so desperate for a path. In college, you have a path. Everybody know you know exactly where you're going. Your end your end goal yeah. is that stage and they even give you a curriculum on how to get there. It's fabulous. It's a wonderful system. And so that's I was desperate for that. I was like I just need a track. I need to know what track I need to be going on in life. And so I took the you know whatever anybody would give me. And then COVID. <laughs> Well, but, but before you go there, something I wanted to point out is, is there was like yet again, another instance where you ignore the gut because of, I I just so relate to that is that I think so many of us are just looking for the path, like someone saying, this is what you're supposed to do. So we seek, whether it's comparing, you know, career paths or life paths of those around us or that validation of what someone tells you. And it's like, even though inside, you know, it's not in alignment. You just keep going with the flow. And like, those are those things that like, they keep mounting and where all of a sudden you can look at your life and be like, Oh my God, like this, this isn't my life anymore. You know, I just, I thought that was an interesting thing. So, but so, so you're now you're working at the store COVID hits. Yes. Where do you go from here? Yes. Um, so at the time when COVID was first coming into the States and we were hearing about it, um, traffic started lessening in the store and, um, there was rumors that we were going to shut down. And one day I walked into the, into the store and, uh, the lights were off. Like we only had our emergency lights on and corporate had said, Oh, we're just conserving energy. Um, you know, since we don't have a lot of traffic, like we just need to save money. And I was like, Hmm, you're sounding no funny. I was like, that's not, I mean, maybe, but it, 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 like, no. So I was like, Oh my, like, we're going to shut down 100%. I looked around. I was like, this is the last time I'm going to walk in this store. And to me, I was just thinking until we open back up, I was like, we're going to shut down. And for sure, I'm not going to get to go to work tomorrow. And I was right. Went back home. We shut down. Little did I know that was the last time I'd walk in that store as an employee. Wow. And I had, I had met a couple people, uh, you know, while I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do the last couple weeks before COVID, I started talking to, I met this guy through Facebook, um, a Facebook group. And he was answering some people's questions. His name was Mike King. And he uh, he sounded intelligent. He sounded like he knew what he, what he was doing. So I messaged him and I said, hey, um, you know, I'm interested in like marketing, um, maybe freelancing. I don't really know what that means. Um, can you just get on a Zoom call with me and can, can I ask you some questions? He was like, sure. So I talked to him. He was super helpful. And he pointed me in the direction of two women who I both met. Um, he's like, they're going to be able to help you like guide your path a little bit better. So one of them, um, she was super sweet. She taught me a couple of things about story brand. And then the other, um, the other's name was Lisa Coombs and, um, Lisa said, Hey, like, I mean, you're, you're really smart. Um, would you like to help me with my social media for a couple hours a week, um, at $25 an hour, which to me, I was like, Oh my God, um, that's so much money. Yeah. And (laughs) so I was like, I had just started like the week before we had just talked about me, you know, helping her with build this company and help her with her with her social media. And I was like, sure. And I loved it. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. And so when we shut down, I emailed Lisa and said, Hey, uh, we're shut down for, I don't know when, 
and I have a, you know, a few more hours in the week, I can basically like devote to you if you're in, you know, you're okay with that. And she was like, yes, absolutely. So we just started working together more, like very simple, you know, I had time. So I gave it to her and I said, yeah, I'll help. And uh, we were shut down for several weeks. So over the course of those few weeks, we uh, worked, I, she taught me how to use Kajabi. She, um, she would just like throw things at me. She was like, Hey, like, I kind of want to do this. And if you can figure it out, like, let's do it. And I was like, sure. And we just kept doing that. And I loved it. I loved being able to learn something new. I loved that I was getting paid more than I had, you know, was getting paid at TJ Maxx. I was like, this is, you know, close actually, I think hourly wise, I think it was more than I was making, um, at the lab. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, this is so fun. Like, I love it so much. So when I got the call from TJ Maxx to come back, I was making more than I had at that job. Not mm-hmm. very hard. Like that sounds very impressive. Don't, I was not making millions. It was yeah. just <laughs> a retail job. Not very hard to, you know, work fast. And I was like, it, that's when I was forced with the decision. Am I going to go back to a, you know, regular job or am I going to be another quitter? quit another thing and do this freelancing thing, whatever Mm -hmm. that meant. And I was really, really worried about being quitter. I didn't want to be thought of as a quitter. I was like, why can't I commit to one thing? Why can't I, I just be normal? Why can't I do what other people are doing? And they have these jobs and they've got their life together. Why can't I figure this out? And I called my friend, Lauren, and I was bawling, crying. I was like, Lauren, this is my situation. Like, I don't know what to do. She was like, what do you mean you don't know what to do? This is this is exactly what you've always wanted to do. You, you've talked about something in this extent forever. If you don't take this, then you're just dumb. Like, this yeah. is not a hard decision. You're yeah, making yeah, yeah. it hard. And I was like, oh, okay. Called TJ Maxx, said, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be coming back. And uh, I, yeah, I never turned back. <laughs> I mean, so there were a couple things I heard that I thought were really interesting and that I think apply, like no matter what situation someone in, as far as like you hit the rock bottom and you think, where do I go from here? And one thing I love about your story is when you talked about books, it's like you kind of identified the gap. You you knew, right? You had this interest in business, marketing. So you identified, okay, how can I get this experience without actually having like you started filling your brain with, with the information around that topic. And I think, yeah, yeah, you know, I, and I think that that's something that applies to anybody. Like if you are in that path that, you know, your job, your, your day to day, like you, you know, that something's not right. And you, you sort of have an idea of something else that you want, but you make all the excuses of why you can't go into that line of work or you can't do that new, you know, habit or whatever, like you identify the gap and then put yourself in a place to go find, like seek the information, which is oh, yeah. what you did. You yeah, know? And I wasn't going to go pay for school and nobody yeah. was going to give me an internship or a marketing job where I could learn. So I gave myself teachers. I was like, yeah. I'm going to put myself through quote school through yep. books. I read so many books, so many books, but they really did save me. It, it, that's, um, that, was my, what, that's what made me feel productive. And that's what, uh, at the time was making me feel like I was working towards a goal. I wasn't sure what I was doing, but I could finish books. And I was like, okay, I just finished one, finished two, finished three. And it was something that I could work towards and something that I could look forward to. And that's what I was really craving was something that I could see a trajectory and I could 
finish it and I understood how to accomplish that thing. Well, and it's so important because, right, you you have the accomplishment piece, but then even going back to, you know, a game changer thing for me was when I started focusing on growth and books, podcasts, whatever you can get on that is productive, that it introduces new ideas to your brain. Because I think that when we're in these places that you're, you feel stuck, you feel a little overwhelmed, you feel hopeless. How am I ever going to get there? When you start introducing new concepts and learning, like to sound really geeky, it starts introducing possibility again, because then you start feeding your brain in areas that are exciting you, your energy shifts, your mood shifts, you start like craving more and more. And that's a lot better place to be in than just stuck repeating out like the same patterns, feeling sorry for yourself. It's like you, you saw an opportunity to go after that thing that, you know, you didn't have, but you figured out how you were going to get it. And I think that's a really valuable lesson for anybody is like, you think there's something else you want to do, but you don't see the logical quote unquote path, start submerging yourself in as much knowledge in that area that you can, you know? So the other thing that I thought was really interesting is that like you put yourself out there when you said you met Mike King, like I just, the reason I say this is I have been in places where I felt so stuck and I, I, I put myself in victim. I felt like I just need someone to save me. I just need this. I need a new job. I need to make more money. And it's like, it was all wrong. And I think that there comes with start embodying the person you want to be a little bit of like, you can call it fake it until you make it if you want, but then you got to put yourself out there. And that like, you did that. And like, whatever that looks like is like, you, you need to start seeking people that are doing the thing that you are interested in and start conversations with people, start watching videos. Like, I don't know. I just thought that was really cool that you did that. Yeah. I mean, I always wanted to, I still wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to be my own person and I wanted, I didn't want anybody's help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think that I was a, a little bit prideful. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm going to find my own way. This all sucks. And I feel like crap, but I'm, I'm gonna find a way out no matter what I do. So I grabbed onto anything that I could. And so, you know, I, I asked, can I ask you questions? And I listened to podcasts and I did all these things and I just tried to find, I was trying to find an answer. I was trying mm-hmm. to find I, something that would be like light bulb. Now I know light bulb. Now I know where to go. Didn't get me, you know, it, it wasn't exactly like that, but it helped me. It, it was kind of like building the stairs. And I was like, okay, yeah. one by one, I'm just going to move up and up and up. And the more I know, and the more I understand, you know, the more people I can bring into my life in the form of these authors and these speakers, the, the less that will feel so unknown. Mm-hmm. I was like, it really felt like there's something I just, I, there's just something I don't know. There's just something I'm not clicking. There's just something that I'm not putting together. So I'm gonna like an animal run around and try and find the answer as quickly as possible because the quicker I can find the key, the quicker I can find the answer, 
the quicker I'll feel better. And then you're right through reading these books. I was reading about these other people's lives and reading about the opportunities that they created for themselves. And something that's great about social media, I know people really hate it and, and it has its problems, but what it does is it shows you an alternative reality. It Mm -hmm. shows you that there is something better out there and you can either say, Oh, I wish my life was that way. Or say, wow, that's possible. If that's possible for them, it's possible for me. If, if, if I was only, you know, I stayed in my small town and I never got to see anything that anybody else did. If I never, never got to read these books, if I never went online and I saw these people living the life that they wanted to live, traveling and working, I never would know to ask the questions that I was asking. I never would know to ask, Hey, like, you know, how are you doing this? And that's how the podcast came out. Like what else? It's because I was, I always wanted to ask what else is out there? What else don't I know? Because if I don't, know I want to Mm -hmm. if if there's something else out there like I want to try it I want to I want to know that I can do it and I will never let anyone tell me that the opportunity is not there for me anymore I'm just going to go find it and that right there my friends is like the message I want anyone who is in a place where you're struggling that curiosity that what else like that that is like the hunger you have to have for yourself to know that I don't have to stay on this fixed path because I've been in this career for so long, or this is what my schooling is. You do not have to accept anything. All you need is that question of what else could there be out there for me and go freaking find it like in, in by, by like bit by bit. And I don't mean to oversimplify that, but it's like, if you've got that fire in your belly, that thing in you, that's saying something could be different it is made in one step at a time, taking action in the direction that brings you closer to something that, that feels good, that is different than what you're at, what you're currently doing, you know? And it's like, you can have the idea, you knew business spoke to you while maybe you didn't know the exact like thing or the how or any of that, you started taking action in that direction. And I think so many people overlook that. It's like, it just is the small steps and doing things that bring you closer to that. Yeah. You got to practice being able to say, why not? Like, why yep. can't, why can't I do that? And I, I started recognizing this, um, even, even in college, like I would try and ask myself these questions, like why I have an idea and I'm like, well, why not? And I, I would practice actually doing what I had the idea for because I didn't want to come to a place where I had a big idea or I had this big thought like, quitting my job, like starting a business. I didn't want to get there and be fearful. And, and I think that, I think daily, I bet that people have ideas and have things in their head and they're like, oh, but that's not me. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. not, you know, I'm just not in that place. Oh, that's not for me. I think that happens to people daily. And I think it is a, an actual practice, a skill to build up, to start just saying, why not? And it may be, you know, just, you don't have to do anything. I'm not saying, oh, I have the idea of moving across the world and quitting everything and being a nomad. Like, cool. Absolutely. And you can say, why not? You don't have to do that right now, but Mm -hmm. what you do have to do is accept that that opportunity is available to you and it is only your choice. So you could say, oh, how would I do that? Map out how you would do that. And then you say, okay, I know that I can. And now it's my choice if I'm going to do it or not, but I'm not telling myself I can't before I even try. I, yes. Amen to that. So 
to kind of tie it up, you meet who soon becomes like, right, your mentor and you work with Lisa and you get an opportunity to start working with her on some of her launches, right? Is that how I remember it being? Yeah. Yeah. So so you work with her on launch of, you know, take it away from there as far as like you worked with her on. Yeah. So she, um, I, kind of moved up with her. She also taught me, thankfully, I didn't, I didn't have this. She um, was, her business that she was starting was being a, a coach for freelancers to teach them how to build thriving full-time businesses. So I got real lucky there. Um, that's who I had as both a client and a teacher. And I'm going to interrupt so- you. That wasn't luck because I can't stand it when people say like, and this isn't, this is probably overstating it. I'm not being critical of you. You, no, put yourself, I, you put yourself in the position for an opportunity to happen. I think people say like, oh, so-and-so got lucky or they knew. Nope. If you had not taken all those baby steps, you wouldn't have been in the path of Lisa. So I actually think you attracted that to yourself. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't say luck. And, and there's that saying like luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Yes. And Lord knows <laughs> I prepared. I've got a stack of books to show it. Um, but so when I started working with her, I moved up and up and I started gaining more responsibilities. And we, um, you know, she taught me how to get other clients. So I got other clients. But for her, my role built and I was able to explore different, um, basically like different jobs, like different things to do within her company. She gave me that freedom, which was awesome. Um, and then of course I got to learn faster and faster. And so both of us went through a launch of a course when, when neither of us have had ever done it, but we said, you know what, why not? Why not? Let's try it. Like, you know, let's just take a stab at it. So we thought about, okay, what would this look like? We launched course, we built it. And we said, oh my gosh, like, this is a thing, like we can do this. So then that uh, was kind of what I took charge of. I was, we were launching courses and uh, launching their, her master classes that she's doing. And it just kept building and building. And every month it would be like, what else are we going to do? What else are we going to do? What else are we going to do? And so I just was able to, to try all these things. And her motto is, is, you know, building thriving full-time businesses. And when she has a saying called full thrive, and that might be working 40 hours a week, that might be working 10 hours a week, that might be a side hustle, that mm-hmm. might be being a stay at home mom, you know, whatever that looks like for your life. And, you know, we built her business to accommodate her life, you know, she wanted to have time with her kids, she's a big traveler. Um, she wanted to have more freedom, she didn't want to be working 60, 80 hour weeks, you know, none of that aligned with what she wanted to do. Yeah. None of that aligned with what I wanted to do. So we built a business with, with, with digital courses around, around her life so that it could give her the opportunity to live her life full thrive. And she was then also able to help others live their life full thrive, whatever that looked like. And that's where my passion for courses came from. I saw, I was able to see both ends. I was able to see what it did for her and say, oh my gosh, she just went on a vacation and she didn't have to worry about anything. She didn't check in. She didn't have to, you know, she built a business. She built a team. She built these courses that ran by themselves. And she can not only afford this vacation, but she can afford this vacation with time. She has the time to do that. She has the peace of mind to do that. And then I could see the people that we were helping and 
hear their stories, hear about the mom that was able to quit her job and she gets to be home with her kids. I I got to hear about the side hustler who's now making 10K a month and more and was able to hire her sister. I got to hear about um, somebody who had never freelanced before ever and was now billing somebody for nine grand because they had built this amazing business based on what Lisa was teaching. So I was looking at both sides saying, this opens the doors for everyone. This gives freedom. What I was searching for for so long, so long was freedom to do what I wanted, exactly how I wanted. I was like, this is how it's done. This is how you do it. So that's when the, you know, my own business modified into building digital courses and teaching people how to build and launch digital courses because I wanted everybody to have the opportunity to, to live life exactly how they wanted, whether it was in the business or going on vacation or not working on a Wednesday or whatever they wanted it to be. I just never wanted anybody to feel as stuck as I once did. I mean, that is wow. Right there is like mic drop. You know, it's, (laughs) I love that is like, I love full thrive. I love the freedom. And what I love the most was, is where you've now hit your sweet spot where you've found your freedom and success is doing the work that is most aligned to you and that it lights you up and it's doing it your way. So it's, I just, I think what an an incredible story to share as far as you're never stuck unless you choose to be, you can always take steps to get you in the direction that moves you closer to finding. And I get that it might be overwhelming that overnight, you may not know what your perfectly aligned life looks like your job, your day-to-day, whatever, but without taking action, you're, you're never going to get there. Right. And I just think it's so important for people to understand. You never have to accept what is, what your reality looks like now does not have to be your forever. It just doesn't. And Sarah, you are a testimony to that. And I think it's truly amazing. You know, we're new friends and I admire you so much. And I love seeing even just your energy as you spoke about, right? Like the path that you had when you first started versus where you are now, you light up when you talk about this. And I want people to know, how do they find you? How do they learn more about the work that they're doing? You know, you helping with launches and digital courses, where all the things, how do we find you? Yeah, so uh, Instagram's the best place to find me. I am at Sarah with an H, because that's very important, E-Boss, B-A-U-S, but it is pronounced like boss. Um, I love Instagram. If you message me, I'll message you back. I'm such an extrovert that Instagram in quarantine has become my thing where I just make new friends. <laughs> So I'd love to meet anybody. And then if you're interested on course launches and any of that, you can go to my uh, website, which is sarahebos.com. You'll find the blog. You'll be able to see the podcast and listen to any of the episodes that I talk about launching. Um, And I'd be happy to answer, yeah, any questions that anybody has. Yay. Well, guys, go find Sarah on Instagram. Listen to her podcast. It really is so good. She does a perfect blend of bringing like business acumen and, you know, how to, you know, different skills related to business, especially entrepreneurial and feeling, um, as well as sharing a little bit about her path of, you know, how she's gotten to where she is today. So Sarah, thank you so much for this fun conversation for sharing and just reassuring everyone out there that you are not stuck. You do not have to accept what is today as your forever. So Thank you everyone for tuning in today. And I can't wait to talk with you on a future episode. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to the wake up call podcast. If you liked what you heard today, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review. It takes just a few minutes and does wonders for helping other people find the podcast. 
If you want to connect outside of the podcast, you can do so by following at Alicia D. Hopkins on Instagram. And if you really liked the episode you just listened to, do me a favor. Would you screenshot the episode and tag me? I would love to see what's resonating with you. Thank you for joining me today. And I hope today's episode helped you to see that you can wake up to the change that's possible in your life. 